Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined as usual by my good friends Richard. Hello. And Michael. Ha ha howdy. Ha ha howdy and ho, ha ho ho. ho. Yes, sir. Uh, because this is the holiday episode of Mount Rushmore Podcast. Normally Richard and, and Michael will uh, kind of go up against each other when discussing the most ubiquitous aspects of, of any given topic. And... During this season of brotherly love and holiday cheer, they're still going to go up against each other. Mm-mm, they are mm-mm, not going mm-mm, to mm-mm, eschew mm-mm, tradition. Mm-mm. Nope. Shooting daggers at each other already. Yeah, yeah. And this I don't like the things you say. I don't like the things you say. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> and the topic they are going to discuss is the Mount Rushmore of hipster holiday songs. Michael, you chose this. Why did you chose this? Well, I have this all to do. Because of Richard and oh. his family. Oh. Him. Really? And his wife, Sarah, and their lovely two oh, children. They're the best. Yeah, lovely. They send out um, mixed CDs every year, or at least have been for maybe a decade, mm-hmm. a, little, a little longer than that. Um, and each one is a unique mix of music that you probably don't hear on the radio. Yeah. Or you don't, you know, when you turn on whatever KLOS... Coast. Coast 103. Yeah. Any sort of like, you know, you can hear your generic covers of songs that you've heard for forever, but these are songs that are I've never heard before, pretty unique. Some are classics, you know, Jackson yeah. 5 doing, um, what was the... Uh, I Saw Mommy, I saw mommy Kissing, kissing Santa, Santa Claus. Great, just great songs, but often they are uh, just little gems that Richard and Sarah have kind of picked and put together and just, I, I love getting that CD every year. Especially since we've been doing it for a decade, you kind of, you run through the standards pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you find yourself having to get pretty creative and, and, and dig. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we've, I think over the years we, we did a good job of trying to dig through and find some hidden gems. Yeah. Cool. I think we are not for want of bands, you know, ever since Christmas music has been coming out since the fifties, Every pop star, R&B artist, hip-hop artist, you know, yeah. has been putting out a Christmas song or what have you. And, um, you know, I think that a hipster version of something <laughs> is right in line with that. Cool. All right. Well, we will begin, since Michael chose the topic, Richard will begin with a Mount Rushmore of hipster holiday songs. All right. So my first choice is maybe perhaps the ultimate hipster band. Um in terms of classic hipster bands, uh, that'd be Big Star. Oh, yeah. And the song is Jesus Christ. Yeah. This song, I, it's one of the ones that we did put on our Christmas CD uh, one year, and that's sort of how I rediscovered it. And it's not a, it, it's a Christmas song, but it's not part of like a Christmas album or anything like that. It was just part of their third album. That's funny. Yeah. It was just kind of put in the middle of, of third, which is this kind of great shambolic mess of an album. I yeah. think we've talked about it before on the show. Um Part of the reason I like this song is because you're not it's not really you're not really quite sure whether or not how serious Alex Chilton is about Yeah. About the the the, the religious 
overtones of this mm-hmm. of this song. I mean, the lyrics are basically this kind of mishmash of sort of different hymnals. Um, and then the chorus is just, you know, Jesus Christ is here today. Jesus Christ is yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but it's all, at the same time, it, it's one of the prettiest songs on that album, which is kind of this album that's got a lot of messes yeah hot messes of songs yeah chris bell was like the christian guy in yeah the he band, was I think. yeah yeah he was so you, so it's a little unclear about alex chilton but at the same time when he's singing a, a lyric like and the wrong shall fail the and the wrong shall fail and the right prevail yeah that also sounds like something that would be right up his alley yeah yeah in terms of this like sort of longing for, mm-hmm. for this this you know this feeling of being an underdog and but still having this hopefulness yeah. of of that that good will come out of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I it's it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I noticed uh, there's like a kazoo solo in the middle eight or something like that. A sax. It's a sax. Okay, the instrumentation was kind of. It also like in terms of big rock. I, sorry, in terms of big star and their uh, origins in Memphis and being kind of having that kind of southern mojo. Coming. Right, it doesn't seem like it could be too far from a Stax kind of um, uh, gospel-infused kind of lyric in- inspiration too. I think yeah. it has a little. You you kind of are mixing that with the big star power pop yeah. sort of feel behind it, and I think we you, it, it's a big gumbo. Yeah, yeah. To go southern, yeah, and I guess this is kind of what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right, Michael, what is your first? Uh, my first song is John Denver and the Muppets singing the Twelve Days of Christmas. <laughs> From the 1979 Christmas special. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is a this, Christmas Together. Is the, I'm going to... Point of order here. Is this very hipster? I'll tell you why it's hipster. Okay. okay. Uh, it's a little nostalgic. It sure. might not have been hipstery when it was recorded in 1979, but mm-hmm. imagine a 40-year-old yeah. guy or gal mm-hmm. pulling this song out. It's a little nostalgic. It's a classic song. But then it's a little ironic yeah. to include the uh, Muppets as anything cool. The Muppets definitely have their place of being kind of fun and silly and childlike. But to it's in the same way, that, you know, the Muppets eventually kind of tr- transitioned into an ironic hipster sort of thing um, with the last couple of Muppet movies where yeah. they were kind of like, Kind of cool and fun. The Muppets at the Hollywood Bowl, the Muppets in their musical iteration has become very hipster, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's become kind of meta. John Denver is definitely not a cool performer. Yeah. But to have John Denver interacting with the Muppets singing a 12 Days of Christmas, a very classic song, Mm -hmm. uh, and to have their own kind of Muppet spin on it with um, Fozzie forgetting his lines. Yeah. And uh, Miss Piggy eventually doing the five gold yeah. rings. Four calling birds, three French hens, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eleven pipers piping and lords a leaping. It's delightful, it's fun, it's something that a hipster would pull off of yeah. his record shelf specifically and put mm-hmm. on the 
turntable in the middle of the Christmas party and say, hey, you want to hear a real Christmas song? Yeah. This is this is the Muppets doing Would doing D. Brown thing. put this on a yes. collection? Okay. okay. Brown Town definitely Brown Town, would. Yeah, okay. Uh, it would be the same thing as like if you were going to play like a cool disco song at like a cool disco party and pull out like Disco Mickey Mouse or like yeah. uh, Disco Duck, Disco Duck or uh, <laughs> Grover doing yeah. some. There, there's the idea. Sorry, I'm doing my Disco Duck. <laughs> now, now, now you got it in my head. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> the idea of hipsterness, I think, infused in me, not mm-hmm. just a cool pop song or a cool new version of a song. It had to be have a little. Yeah. Irony in there as well. I think the remove, the cool remove, um, the dissonance that's created between the artist and their work is maybe something that we, when we say the word hipster, we we know the one that's a little bit of a dated term, but we all kind of have an idea of what position that person has in relationship with that music. And I that was one thing that um, when I was listening... I heard the choices you guys presented to me separately, and then I was listening to some on the Spotify alternative Christmas selection. I love how he just said the Spotify. The Spotify. Know, right? uh. And there is a Smashing Pumpkins Christmas song that is so unabashedly, it just seems like it's legit. Like Billy Corgan is just really tr- trying to embrace Christmas on the song Christmas time. Yeah. There just doesn't seem to be any irony in it whatsoever. freaking ever. Mm. And at that point I kind of was like rolling my eyes like come on Billy Corgan and then at the same time like good job man. <laughs> the the position of a hipster is often to be critic of normcore. And for one to be able to eschew that critical position and just enjoy the seasonal celebration is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. All right, Richard. All right. So my second one is the song Wonderful Christmas Time. But this is the only cover I have on here by the Shin. The Shin. We're here tonight. And that's enough. The party's on. I listened to this. This was a nice version that I'd never yeah. heard before. Yeah, no. So musically, can, it, not that uh, faithful. There can be nothing more hipster than taking a song from the trash heap <laughs> of music, yeah, and doing something original with it. Yeah. Now I have I, I said trash heap. I will say this: I don't have a problem with a, with McCartney's "Wonderful Christmas Time." Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people think it's the worst Christmas song ever written. Really. A lot of people think that. Oh. I've heard some pretty bad Christmas songs. Wow. This wouldn't even top my list. Oh. Yeah. No, there are a lot of people who are just like, you go on social media about, oh, it's the, I can't believe it. I, I hope I have to get to avoid this song this year. It's the terrible. It's the cheesiest. Wow. It's the those hipsters out there. Wow. That's See, some Paul bashing. Are, those are the hipsters. Yeah. But, the sh- yeah, so I have no problem. It's not like my favorite Christmas song by any stretch, uh-huh. but I don't hate it. It's It's fine. Yeah. You know, it's got the... All the dub. Here comes the sleigh bells. Yeah, the dub, yeah. the dub weirdness behind mm-hmm, it, because that's where mm-hmm. his head was at in 1974 yeah. or whenever it came out. But the Shins basically took this, the guts of the song and almost reinterpreted it 
like Paul McCartney would have probably done it in 1966 or 67. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a very Beatles-esque, yeah. Yeah. Beatles-esque take on the song. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be a song written by a Beatle that doesn't sound very Beatles-esque at all. Yeah. Uh, so it's got full, you know, these full harmonies and this kind of like jangly, catchy guitar. Yeah. And I just think it's great that the, the Shins were able to kind of... Mm-hmm. And I, it doesn't feel like it. Do, what it doesn't feel like is an ironic cover yeah. of this song. Yeah, like they said, oh, we're going to cover this because everyone thinks it's lousy. So, ha ha ha! Why don't we do like a funny version of it or mm-hmm. kind of goof on it? Mm. They kind of took this song that everybody, the, a much maligned song, and said, no, there's there's a good song here. This is a good song. Here, here's what it sounds like. If you don't, if, the reason you don't like it is because of the production and everything else. Yeah. Here's what the sound song sounds like as an actual Christmas song, and I gotta say, it improves it. That's an interesting aspect of James Mercer kind of finding a sound that, whatever way he's playing guitar, or that whatever the way the amps are recorded, it does feel like it could have been almost like Beatles yesterday and today kind yeah, of era. Exactly. And rediscovering the for somebody who is working in non-mainstream rock to rediscover the guitar as an instrument and use it in all those different ways that he uses it, it does almost seem like, yeah, what if what if George was playing this, you know, back in, in yesterday? 66 yeah, yeah. or something like yeah. that, right. I, I do think understanding uh, Paul McCartney's disco era and thinking like silly love songs is almost kind of dripping into this uh, right. a, a wonderful Christmas time, but like thinking how much... Europe and England embrace marketing and popular music around the holidays. And we were talking about Love Actually and Bill Nye's Billy Max character Mm -hmm. being part of this uh, marketing run-up to the person who will have the Christmas song. Right. And I don't think we have that in the U.S. We don't have this contest every year to see what the Christmas hit will be. It seems like... You kind of wait for something to eventually build to be the one that, you know, currently it's the Mariah Carey song that is the song that identifies that it's Christmas time. People start yeah, looking up that song whose name escapes me, but mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll hear it 40 times in the next yeah. two weeks alone. But like, there's like a big dog in America that eventually works its way up to being the Christmas song yeah. and currently the Mariah Carey song from 1994 is oh. the one that everyone is still like. Yeah. It took 30 years, 20-something years, yeah. for it to be like, oh, yeah, this is the song that we uh, identify mm-hmm. with Christmas that everyone recognizes as the king of Christmas, yeah. and it's just going to squat on that position uh-huh. of power for a long time. There's not a lot of dethroning going I on. I think England, it's almost like the Eurovision contest. They have like a, a it's contest. A, it's a, it is, the, the first one was basically a comp, kind of a competition between uh, Wizard and then... Uh, Slade with Merry oh, Christmas, wow. everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think Wizard Song is I Wish Every Day Could Be Christmas. And uh, basically, they released the songs both right around Christmas time, and it became like this which one's going to go to number one? And uh-huh. the Slade song. And that was like the first the first time that there was like this competition to see who could be number one. Uh-huh. And uh, that's sort of become like an annual, that's where yeah. you see a lot of those Band-Aid type re- releases or celebrity release, charity, charity albums singles, or, yeah. or like silly one-off charity song, uh-huh. songs or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, I do wonder if the context of that Paul McCartney song was like, well, it's not going to play for very long. <laughs> You're just going to hear it a month. <laughs> and here we are, you know, they came out in 79. So yeah. here we are, you know, 40 years later. Yeah. Cool. All right, Michael, what do you got? 
Uh, I have another cover. Well, I don't know. It's 12 Days of Christmas, a cover. It's just, that's just a classic song that anyone can sing. Traditional. But this, yeah. traditional. traditional, thank you. But this song, Santa Claus Goes Straight to the Ghetto, <laughs> as covered by <laughs> Bell and Sebastian from the John awesome. Peel Sessions from 2002. Santa Claus goes straight to This, if you want to hear a classic black American song sung by six or seven <laughs> Scottish whites in their best chamber slash twee pop attire, <laughs> this song is for you. It is just a wonderful, jazzy version of such a soulful, important song yeah. <laughs> that doesn't really, it doesn't really detract from it. It doesn't try to make it, it doesn't do something like, doesn't do their own version of like it's a, their own version of it, but it doesn't sound like a Bell and Sebastian song. It sounds very jazzy, very mm-hmm. uh, smooth, yeah, very f- just, yeah. It's just it's just well done. It's well produced. Mm-hmm. It sounds live. It's lively. I mean, yeah. it was live. John Peel session, yeah, pretty live, right? And um, I was really surprised the first time I heard it mm-hmm. uh, for them to cover such a iconically black song yeah and you know james brown's one is is the iconic version is just so bombastic Mm -hmm. and i don't know Uh, but this version is so low-key compared to it yeah it doesn't do it any disrespect and it's just like right in a great holiday groove they don't layer it with like a ton of like jingle bells and other things it's funny because you say that because it seemed like most ballads, you could tweak a few things about them and add jingle bells, and then you got a Christmas song right there. Yeah. 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 But it doesn't do that. It doesn't uh-huh. attempt to do that. It. It, it just does their own yeah. style of it. And um, I think these weren't album releases, but there was a live... Some, somehow in the names of LimeWire, I downloaded about 100 different covers from Bell and Sebastian that sounded like they were recorded through a wall... Uh, with with uh, you know like a, a plastic cup as the as the That's interface. So funny, and they balls out co- covering Bowie and Prince and covering these, doing unabashedly. We love these songs, so we are going to sing these songs, not because we're doing them any justice, but because Stuart learned the lyrics, and so yeah, and we did them. Yeah, they're quite an interesting band um, that they can kind of do these multiple styles and have. Kind of their song, their sound has changed so yeah. drastically from record to record. Their last one that they put out, the I, well, dance one. Or yeah, after, they, yeah, yeah. They did like a series of three EPs, um, but before that, they had a very uh, dancey, yeah, kind of almost retro '80s synth poppy yeah. sort of style to it. It's like that is not the <laughs> no. Bell and Sebastian from Tiger Milk and yeah. stuff that was recorded in your bedroom on acoustic guitar. Yeah, and they can kind of add a kind of 70s kind of funk to something, and they can also do something that just is very different. And to see them cover mm-hmm. the song, I think, is... Do you think they get away, you get away with things with a holiday song that you might not... Like, hmm. if they recorded an album of James Brown songs, 
that weren't holiday related. Like, say it loud, I'm black yeah. and I'm proud. <laughs> yeah. Might not go over quite as well yeah. as what you're saying. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yes. Well, because it's a holiday song and because it seems to have an occasional aspect versus a year-round, all-the-time aspect, I wonder if all of these songs you kind of think of as dusting them off for a special time and then putting them away. Bell and Sebastian were one of those bands that I remember growing up I was aware of. Like, I knew they were a thing. Mm-hmm. But they felt like it was like some some it was like an other. They felt like very like their their stuff didn't get played on the radio. Yeah, right. You didn't see them on MTV, but it seemed like in any college radio station I went to, there's Bill and Sebastian shit all mm-hmm. over the place. Yeah. So they felt like they had this band that was sort of like successful, but like in Edinburgh, in their yeah. own, big in Edinburgh, yeah, yeah, sort of thing. Um, and you know these album co- covers with all the kind of classic sort of like. Washed out, yeah. Nineteen sixties, sixties. They just felt like it felt like that they were so out of step with whatever. I think with that's... like the nineties, you know, was they weren't grunge, they weren't Britpop. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I think that kind of it, when, when you're talking about doing a song like Santa Claus Goes Straight to the Ghetto, it kind of feels like <laughs> they're like, okay, well, we can do this because we don't have like a to your point, like a real. Uh, we're not locked into any one sort of style or genre mm. or anything like that. You should get into them. It's funny. I, I, I'm into them now. It just was at the time. I just I, they I, felt like something different. There are bands uh, like you ever get that question like, "Oh, who's your favorite band?" I was just on like the the We Are Weezer podcast, and I think uh, uh, she asked me like, "Who's your favorite band?" And it was like, "Oh, I can't I can't even yeah. remember what I said. I'm pretty sure I said Death Cab for Cutie or Modest uh-huh. Mouse or something." Um, but perennially the, the band that keeps coming back into my mind is, oh, I've never been let down by Bell and Sebastian. Yeah. It's a band that I judge it by a band I've never taken off of my like yeah. iPhone, my iPod. Yeah. I've never been like, uh, I don't need to hear that album. Mm-hmm. Or like, I'm going to skip over this one. It's always like the band I'm like, oh, I'll just let this play out. Yeah. I really like this. Except when the other dude sings. Oh, not Stuart. Anyone not Stuart, that's not Stuart. Not Stuart yeah. Right? Like when the girl sings, that's kind of cute. But mm-hmm. then the Joseph was traveling <laughs> with a heavy load. I'm like, oh. I'll listen to Leonard Cohen if I want that stuff. Okay, cool. It's fun to discuss the Mount Rushmore of hipster holiday songs with Richard and Michael. And it's the giving season. And we would like to give you the gift of the Mount Rushmore podcast. And it's really easy to get. You just go and download all the past episodes. And if you wouldn't mind giving us something back, uh, you could rate and review those episodes. It is like the worst white elephant gift ever. Yeah, yeah. It is the worst of the O. Henry novels, the uh, <laughs> the gift of the Magi podcast. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. You could give, download them, put them on a thumb drive, and bring them to your office. Uh, Yankee swap. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and see if they don't beat out that $20 Starbucks gift card. So that that would be some great gift exchange between us and you and us. And you can find those on iTunes, obviously. Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio is a place. Uh, not SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. You sound so surprised there. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> iHeartRadio. That was like a, just a confession to you I guys. I do HeartRadio. I do HeartRadio. <laughs> There's lots of places. Just Google Mount Rushmore Podcast, and what will probably come up also is our website and our Facebook presence, where you can join the dialogue in terms of suggesting future episode topics. You could join the the peanut gallery in critiquing the answers that we've had to previous topics. And then you could also Instagram us and Twitter us. 
And we're back. We have been debating, deliberating the Mount Rushmore of hipster holiday songs. This was a topic Michael chose and Richard's on his third choice. All right. So my third choice is Father Christmas by the Kings. Oh, that's the best. Wonderful song. Because there's nothing more hipster than saying you like the Kings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. is pretty much just saying, you know, the Beatles... Yeah, they weren't so hot. No. Let me tell you who was really good. Yeah. Er, er, er. It is. What? Beatles are fine. <laughs> I, I, it's, it, this is one of the, the classic. I can't make eye contact with Michael right now. Yeah. He just badmouthed the Beatles. I know. He's zero. No, no. Zero they're, points, zero stars. They're good. They're good. They're good. It'd be like saying, oh, Run DMC, they're the best rap band ever. They were at the beginning of it. Well, and people and, built upon that, and and a friend of mine makes a great point that you can, the Beatles can never be underrated. Yeah, I, I yeah I I can get because you they're always rated as the best. Mm. So basically, mm-hmm. the only thing they can be is overrated. True. If you don't think that, if they're not your favorite band of all time, yeah, I think they can also be um, that that go to that you go to too much, and you don't either go to the path that Beatles chose the. You don't find their influences, and you right. don't find inspiration from the people who are the predis- are the, the ancestors. Right. Their, their. And I think it, I think the only thing the Beatles suffer from is they were the first to do so many things. Yeah. That you, at a later age, you don't realize how mind blowing they were when they first did things that no one else was doing. You're like, oh, everything else sounds be- the way it does because the Beatles did yeah. these things. Or, or I think they also synthesized. So Chuck Berry. Invented things the Beatles did. Buddy Holly invented things. Girl groups did, were doing all that stuff before the Beatles. But Danang, I was stuck. Were you in the behind shit? the wire? I was in the shit. Were you in the shit? <laughs> Up to my ass. In Richard's bamboo. next song is Christmas in Danang. Christmas in Danang. <laughs> so what? What did you? Sorry. Sorry, that's okay. So yeah. we've been talking about the Beatles, and it, I it, I find that interesting that we that kind of went that direction because this is not the type of song that the Beatles would ever. Right or no, perform. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so if you guys haven't heard it, it's this great caustic sort of Gray Davies song. It's just talking, it's about cl- kind of class mm-hmm. and it's about, you know, the type of toys that kids really want, you know, like a machine gun, for example. So you can rob people. So you can rob people <laughs> yeah. and take all their money. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it kind of gets down to this point of like, wait a second. Toys are great, but what we really need is cash because we're all broke. Yeah. Because it's England in 1979 mm-hmm. and there's no money here. Mm-hmm. The money's all gone bye-bye. The money's yeah. all gone to Paul McCartney singing Sing Wonderful, Wonderful Christmas, Christmas Time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He's, he's, he's the other guy that he's giving his uh, all the, the gifts to the good girls and boys, yeah. to the rich girls and boys. Yeah, that's Paul McCartney's yeah. kids. Yeah. I did, well, you were funny, in the context of the Beatles, one thing that was great about the Stones and the Kinks is they didn't have to be the Beatles. They right. could draw sketches of the world around them in a much less, with much less flourish, and they didn't have to innovate 
recording techniques. Right. <laughs> they could they could be gritty and in, in it a little bit more. Right. And, and to, by the time 70, I believe this is 79, um, by the time, or 77. So by the time this rolls around, the Kinks are kind of at this weird sort of like ebb in their career. Yeah. So they can do a song like this. Yeah. And they don't have to worry about whether or not it's going to be like super successful mm-hmm. or not because mm-hmm. at this point they weren't charting like top 10 singles. Yeah. And they probably see punk happening too. And here's some people who are spitting spitting out in the face of the mainstream. Right. And this yeah. is this is kind of in that in that one of their many comebacks, which mm-hmm. is around like 79. So that's why I thought it was 79, like 78, 79, when they start coming out like a destroyer, mm-hmm. which is, winds up being yeah. a big comeback album yeah. for them, which is a very punk Mm-hmm. Influenced album, yeah, and this song is very punk influenced. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely got that sort of drive and feel to it, and just like you said, the lyrical t- content where you're talking about the the protagonist getting mugged by a bunch of kids, yeah, when he's pr- portraying Santa Claus, yeah, which but, is by the way a fun lyric to try and explain to your kid who still <laughs> believes in Santa Claus. But from a musical standpoint too, it's uh, it's still got those that. Piano and some chimes and some right. sleigh bells and things that it do. There's definitely an ironic quality to it, yeah. musically as well as lyrically. I uh, love the pick. Um, I love, you know, that is interesting to think of. Like when you uh, don't have to be these innovators of rock. If you're Rolling Stones, you have to be the bad boys of rock. Uh, you just get to kind of make these almost Python-esque sketches of the London that you see. And when Richard's talking about class, it's obviously, um, it's weird to think of a Western culture as having this caste system. And there were, they have kings and queens <laughs> in England. Still do. <laughs> yeah, they still do. And they have uh, poverty as well. So um, Still got that too. Still got that too. And Ray was deciding to talk about that instead of some of these silly love songs or things that, that Paul was talking about. Michael, what do you got? Another cover. It is a cover of a more recent song. It is Save Ferris's cover of Christmas Rapping uh, by, by, the waitresses. by The Waitresses, which is a song from what, the mid-80s? L- early 80s. Early, early 80s. 83, something like that, probably. In a great vocal impersonation, too. In she has the whole attitude. Yeah, yeah, in itself, Christmas Rapping is a great Christmas song. Great. I right. could. I almost included it on this list, but I wanted something that wasn't just a Christmas song. This takes all the lyrics and rewrites it as like, a Hanukkah uh, Jewish yeah. dread song yeah. about about Christmas is coming, and oh God, I got to suffer through a month yeah. of just dealing with all these. What if <laughs> the world went batshit crazy? You know, for say you never read Harry Potter, but you go out and walk around with all these people dressed in scarves and with wizard <laughs> costumes and things like that. The, the the burden of magic to to this character to this person is the protagonist in the song. Oh my god, it's nearing What am I to do, I said Then I covered up my head Prayed for sleep for two more months Until this holy mess is over Wasn't that lucky? Turned on the TV Beanie babies on the news Biggest selling gift this year What's a tired Jew to do? So TV off, tried to escape Called my friend from Silver Lake Said to me on Fairfax for some coffee It's funny, originally I thought this was when I was thinking of this version of the song, I was looking for the waitress's cover of like their Hanukkah version of uh, Christmas wrapping. Oh. And I couldn't find it. Uh-huh. And then I eventually had to discover, oh, this was by Save Ferris. So you're speaking to how much she sounds like the original. Yeah. But what I think this song has, uh, they have like the great live horns mm-hmm. of a Save Ferris kind of post ska, kind of mid 
third generation yeah. ska sort of mm-hmm. thing going on. Third wave ska. Yeah. Um, and it gives it a little bit of liveliness mm-hmm. to a, a song that I think maybe this, the horn part might have been done on a synthesizer or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, but the lyrics are fine. They're fun. Mm-hmm. They're silly. But I love, I just love the dread of it. Yeah. I love that most of the time Christmas is about looking forward and appreciating the things that are coming and the magic of Christmas, mm-hmm. yeah. as you said. But to do a large subject, it's just like, oh man, this is this thing that these people fucking do. Yeah. And I, I don't believe in this. I know all the veneer is, I can see the veneer mm-hmm. and I'm just so sick of it. Yeah. I love Thanksgiving and I'm so sick of what whatever it is, this this thing that people do. Mm-hmm. Half of half of my family is Jewish, and for them, they which half the top half <laughs> or the bottom, <laughs> the smartest half. <laughs> um, they've had um, also been able to celebrate some aspects of Christmas their whole life too, mm-hmm. because it's all theatrics. It's yeah. all it's all celebratory and wonderful, and it's about our history and it's about all this stuff. But all of it was created by. Um, retailers and it's all completely false. <laughs> I love all a Coca Cola. It's all a Coca Cola. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that at some point that Santa Claus just became. They're like, we're not going to do better. Yeah, we're not going to do better than this Coca Cola version of Santa. You know, he used to come out in like a purple outfit and like multicolored. And yeah, Father this, Christmas. This one's, he, this one's pretty good. Yeah, we'll, we'll stick with the. Can we just? Yeah. Did they? I wonder if Coca was like, hey. That's us. Yeah. That's ours. Then you can do your own Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get the red guy. Get the stupid blue yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. We invented Where's that your Pepsi guy. Pepsi Santa. That should have trademarked him. That should have. That is what. That is what Pepsi should have done. Pepsi should have had their own like second rate Pepsi A red, Santa. White, and blue one. Yeah, or just like he comes out and he's like blue and white instead yeah, of red and white. He could do a 360 dunk and jam. <laughs> like it would be so incredible. He would crush on Santa so easy. Dunks on Santa. <laughs> dunks on Godzilla. <laughs> Dunks on Bugs Bunny. (laughs) Jumps off a pizza, then just dunks on pizza. While he's eating a pizza. Yeah, while he's eating pizza. So it's like, yeah, pizza, respect. One of my favorite lines, and maybe this just speaks to the L.A. hipsterness of it, is when uh, it's Christmas Day and they're looking for something to do, and they say L.A. is a ghost town. And uh, Emily and I are traveling back to her home state this Christmas with our son. Um, And that's the thing that I miss most about not about Christmas someplace else is not being in LA yeah. when it empties out and everyone is just like, I'm going, we're going home for Christmas. Oh, driving on the freeways is great in Los Angeles when everyone leaves. Yeah. You're just like, oh man, this, yeah. these four or five days. And the surfing is so much better. The surfing is good. <laughs> the earthquakes, pretty good. pretty good. The drive-by shootings aren't as much, you Fewer. know, everything is just great. This that brings up my biggest pet peeve. Nobody likes mm. you in LA more than when you're leaving a table <laughs> in a restaurant. Oh, are you leaving? Thank you. Big smile from a stranger. <laughs> you never get that any other time. Just these warm, warm smile because you are fucking leaving a place of real piece of real estate that they want. Okay, uh, so I it sounded like the same singer. It yeah, sounded yeah, 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 and I couldn't believe, and I had to like. I was like, I know that I've heard this version of the song. Yeah. I know I've heard, was the singer actually June? I don't know. And then finding it was safe, Ferris was like, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh. Okay, Borglum Bag is coming out. Borglum Bag, Borglum Bag is coming out. Wow, in the middle. Right in the middle. Right oh, wow. in the middle. 
right in the middle. How do you know I'm not? How do you he's, know he's evaluated our choices? Well, we sent him his choices. Our choices. Oh, I guess. Okay, okay. Um, uh, this is he could. He's been sitting on this. He's been waiting to open. To, <laughs> he can't wait anymore. He could wait till the end, but no. He's it's gotta, like it's like when Santa's kind of evil. And he's like, oh, what is this? In my bag, he reaches in, pulls out a big middle finger. <laughs> this is what you get. Um, Santa does that, right? Gutzenborg, <laughs> to me. Gutzenborgland chiseled that whole damn thing for you, okay? So he can come out whenever he wants to. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Man in the Santa Suit by Fountains of Wayne. Uh, there's a guy named Neil Halstead, or somebody did a cover of it that I think people think he's the originator of it. But uh, it is definitely a power pop, jangly pop um, song that's kind of high-low concept. It's kind of like a um, Santa song, a Christmas song, but it's about this guy who has to play Santa in the mall and how hard it is to play Santa in the mall because kids barf on you, kids pull your beard, kids laugh at you. And um, the refrain is... Uh, He's jolly and hairy, but it's hard to be merry when the guys at the bar say he looks like a fairy, but he's doing it just for the loot. The man in the Santa suit. The KOC, local 313. There's a fat man standing by the soda machine. And he knows, he knows, he knows. Life can be funny. He calls the hair salon, says put Loretta on. Cause the mall just called and said the last guy's gone. I know, I know, God knows We need the money He's a big red cherry But it's hard to And it's kind of about this working class guy Who plays Santa Claus around the holidays When the actual Santa kind of calls in sick from work at the mall And I love this song because I feel like As a kind of a power pop group That has its roots definitely in some... Uh, Beach Boys, Beatles, and Birds, Fountains of Wayne is riffing and doing kind of a decades uh, later version of the Beach Boys um, Christmas album that he's just helping Santa, the real, real Santa. It's a be- because he's, that song is about some kid who sees a Santa Claus in a mall and asks his parents if, he's, if that's the real Santa. And so I love, I love the depiction of Santa Claus as this working class dude. And he's not... He might not be the real Santa, but he's the Santa you got. He's the Santa who's sitting there, and he's the Santa who's going to ask you what you want for Christmas. He's going to listen when you give him an answer. So that is the uh, Borglum bag. And I'm putting it back in, and I'm sealing it up tight. And I'm going to wrestle it to the ground. Oh, and I kill it with a trunch. Okay, there you go. Richard, what do you got? All right, my last choice is the song Your Christmas Whiskey by the Minus Five. Oh, fun. Minus Five are a uh, kind of a super group a little bit, at least. There's two two main members are uh, Peter Buck from R.E.M. and then Scott McKay from the Young wow. Fresh Fellows. I wonder why I like this group. Yeah. I never, I'd heard of them. I'd never heard that heard that, them until you played Yeah, because Scott McKay had done a lot of stuff with R.E.M., like contributing 
instruments, certain tracks in the past. And so actually after uh, uh, Bill Berry had his brain aneurysm and they had to stop the, uh, the, the tour they were on, REM suddenly had a lot of spare time, time on their hands. So they wound up, uh, uh, Peter Buck wound up getting together with Scott McKay and putting, putting together the first album. And it kind of became this like ongoing side project from there. So I, I love this song because I love getting drunk on Christmas. Oh. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I get, uh, I get together with my in-laws, and this mm-hmm. is nothing against my in-laws at all. I love getting together with my in-laws. But there's just something nice about, about basically feeling like I don't have to go to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have any responsibilities. You know, my mother-in-law is doing all the cooking. Mm-hmm. Someone else's door, my, or my sister-in-law. Someone else is doing all the cleaning. You know what yeah. I'm doing? I'm sitting down with a with a fifth of whiskey, seeing how much I can drain out of that, and watching some uh, some holiday yeah holiday TV fare. Yeah, the, uh, just getting a nice warm feeling. Like like your like, kids are old enough that you don't really have. They can just they're going to go do their thing. They're doing their thing. They're playing with their cousins if their cousins are around for mm-hmm. Christmas or whatever. And I'm just getting, or maybe maybe I'm drinking some wine, but usually it's whiskey. And I'm just getting a nice warm feeling. That's pee in your pants. Is that what it is? <laughs> whoopsie so that's what this song is really about i mean if you hear the lyrics talks about you know your christmas whiskey means good cheer a woozy smile from ear to ear when your christmas whiskey time is here yeah and i'm not gonna lie that that's that's something that i can relate to very Mm -hmm. very closely i think there's a lyric it's like thank you for this or thank you there was there's a Thanks Some, for thinking of me each year. So it seems you do the cr- gift of Christmas whiskey. Yeah, always pulls me through. I, I, and this guy over here, by the way, always thump. always good at my at my birthday at least. Usually come through with some like bottle of whiskey or what a rye or something. What a good guy! What I always nice appreciate guy. that. Good you, bottle of whiskey goes a long way on a Christmas night. There's many genres, obviously, of holiday songs, and the the caroling or wassailing song, right, being. One of them. This seems like it has its antecedents in that. Like, yeah, it does. And, yeah. and a lot of those, and a lot of the traditional Christmas songs talk about drinking yeah. during the night. I mean, yeah. it's not. It's a soul. It's a celebration. It's a celebration. Yeah. Everyone's got their glass of twelve shots of yeah. Patron, <laughs> bro. It's wassail. We're we're, we're wassailing. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. they got their wine or whatever it happens to be. This in this case, it just happens to be whiskey. Yeah, uh, that's one thing that I read about the. Christmas tradition that we're somebody to go, we're somebody to go back 150 years and witness Christmas. They might think they're at Halloween because it's people going door to door, knocking and demanding food and drink. Give me figgy give pudding. Give me footing and give it right now. And it's a, a subversion of the social order in which the poor get to go demand stuff of the wealthy. I love that aspect of a disruption of the social order. And in this case, though, it's a, um, this warm, Celebratory survival technique. <laughs> it's not. No. no, well, it's not a survival technique yeah. in my in my. Maybe it is in other households. No, I, oh, no, not I, necessarily. I, in mine. I mean, uh, uh, two hundred years ago, grabbing some warmth. Oh, I see yeah, what you yeah, mean. Yeah, 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 literal survival yeah, technique. Yeah, I thought yeah. you meant a figurative one no, no, of no, being no. stuck with your in-laws. You, you have a warm. I'm sure other. Family. I'm sure other people may have that. <laughs> I'm sure. Not in my case. Ricky doesn't have to hide in a bottle. No, yeah. no, no. Although it is nice that I can drink and not worry about Sarah. Go, hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of work you've been doing tonight. On that. <laughs> it's a holiday. So who cares? A lot of work. All right, Michael. My last song is from Indie Darling, Hipster. 
to say the least, Sufjan Stevens. Mm-hmm. And the song is, uh, come on, let's boogie to the elf dance. And this is, <laughs> and this, uh, this has nothing to do with an elf dance. It is this, this wonderful song that is this great catalog of Christmassy type things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it starts off, a tie of your boots, jump off the ladder, pick up your clothes, nothing's the matter. Jump off the ladder, pack up your clothes, nothing's the matter, mistletoe hangs up in the bedroom, your sister's bangs, she cut them herself, Santa is here, sleigh bells are ringing, 21 elves, they are all singing, Kmart is closed, so is the bakery. And it just, the entire song is just this barf yeah. of Christmas. And I think Christmas feels like that sometimes. You're yeah. under this gun of suddenly Thanksgiving's done mm-hmm. and you are bang right into Christmas season. This hit us really quickly this year with Thanksgiving being so early in the yeah. year, the earliest it could possibly be. Yeah. And then, oh my God, it's Christmas time and it feels earlier and earlier sometimes. Yeah. Christmas or Thanksgiving is often that like demarcation line yeah. where you're like, Christmas doesn't start really until Thanksgiving's over. Yeah. And when it starts a week early, you're like, oh my God, just this flood of mm-hmm. imagery. And I think oftentimes with Christmas, it's just like Christmas music starts. All these songs come out. You see the Black Friday shopping deals yeah. a week early. Everything's coming. All of this imagery and the visuals and just the weight of Christmas is on top of you all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Like, Emily's great. She's been shopping since July. She yeah. buys things ones and twos and hides She's them in the garage. It. She's me. I have a day off of work that I have <laughs> pegged as my I'm going to go shopping this day because I know I don't operate that same way. She's so good about mm-hmm. forethought. Yeah. But Christmas often isn't forethought. Christmas is waiting for your bonus. Mm-hmm. You're, you can afford to do these things and be kind <laughs> one time a year in this sense on a bigger scale because of. Yeah. something that you're just waiting for. And Christmas often feels that. This song feels that way to me. Like all of this stuff is happening. All of like families coming together. Yeah. Ba 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 just kind of hits you. Yeah. I think some songs or some narratives take us to a place we've been and we're familiar with. And some are trying to tell us a new story or a new idea. Um, Imagine <laughs> by John Lennon is about this world that, doesn't exist, but he'd like to kind of introduce us to that. Mm. But this song is definitely, this is a pastiche of real shit that yeah. happens. <laughs> and none of it feels traditional. None of it seems to add up. All of it seems chaos. It, the chaos yeah. is a great way. It's a great summation yeah. of this song. It's just like everything all at the same time, the stuff that's happening in your house, the stuff that's happening in the world, the stuff that's just forced down uh, your face through TV. and Yeah. Well, he, cool. writes a, he writes a really nice Christmas song. For a hipster. For the hipster. For yeah. a hipster. This has been the Mount Rushmore of hipster holiday songs, and we've had a lot of Christmas songs we uh, discussed. <laughs> we did open it up to holidays, but we did got a lot of Christmas songs. So, hey, one non Christmas song. Was it? One non Christmas song. The uh, Christmas wrapping. Uh... Oh, that's right. Well, then that gets a point for Michael being open minded to uh, other traditions. And I would also give Michael a point for Santa Claus Goes Straight to the Ghetto because uh, Bell and Sebastian were kind of taking a risk there, and so did he with that one. Um, 
then I got such a good snapshot of um, Richard's life with Christmas whiskey. So <laughs> your Christmas whiskey, yeah. yeah I, that, I'd like to choose that just because it gave me some of this kind of almost like a Dylan Thomas poem, a child's Christmas in Richard's Wales. Christmas in Wales. Wales. <laughs> Christmas in Wales. <laughs> um, such a warm, the warm rosy glow. I like the Shins, and I like McCartney, and those two combined. And the wonderful Christmas is the fourth choice. Great. This has been. You know, as we go off the air here, yeah. I'm going to give you guys a couple of Christmas gifts. Hold on, Whoa, hold on. This is great. You can open them up as we go off, as we, uh, go off the air. I love it. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. As Michael, as Michael finishes off his whiskey and falls down the stairs. As we go off, uh, as Michael grabs the Christmas uh, presents, which he is giving to us, and which I did not have the foresight to bring any, so he will not be getting one from me until the next recording. We want to say thank you for the gift that you give us every week by listening to our podcast. Um, I hope that you have a fabulous... Thank you, Michael. Oh, it's heavy. A fabulous 2019. We have had a fabulous 2018. Like what do you think's in there? I hope it's whiskey. Oh, my God. That'd be awesome. Uh, and also, uh, the, the the Intervention TV crew is going to come through the door, and we're going to sit down with Richard. Okay. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? <laughs> what are we talking about, guys? Richard, we love Christmas you very much. Christmas songs. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. Quink, wink. Christmas songs. Wink, wink. Thank you, Michael. Should we open them up? Yeah. Let's go off the air. Bye. Okay. Bye. This bye. is... Uh, this is Podcast. As I'm, I'm Jeff. I'm, what did this happen? I'm Richard. I'm Michael.